Did you know that your heart, your energy center that exists right there and smack dab in the middle of your chest that feels emotions like joy, pain, sadness, love, just so many of the emotions, that your heart center, your heart chakra is 5,000 times more electromagnetic, we could say powerful, right, than your brain. So we've been trained to think our way through problems. And yes, a lot of the times we need logic, but we are missing the point here. What if we learn to also feel our way through our problems, feel our way to the next best step? Welcome to the School of Higher Consciousness. I am your host, Dr. Gina, and in this school, we will be exploring the parts of life we didn't learn in actual school. The stuff that matters. The stuff that helps you heal and live a more dropped in, vulnerable, and authentic life. I invite that higher version of you to join me in this podcast as we demystify and normalize truths in our world that often live in the shadow. All right, let's do this. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to this week's episode on the School of Higher Consciousness. My name is Dr. Gina and today we are talking about what it looks like and feels like to live from a heart-centered place and why it's so important to live with an open heart. Today, I sit down with Jess Bell, who is a doctor of osteopathic medicine. So she's been in the clinics prescribing the medicine and doing all of the things that you do to try to help someone get better. But you're going to hear how her career took its own turn. She has found herself in energetic healing for all of the right reasons, in my opinion. Energetic healing is such a part of healing that we just don't touch enough of. I never thought I would be the type of person to talk about energy as much as I do, but it just makes sense. I mean, everything is energy from the most like basic level, and then it starts to organize itself to where it needs to go and to take shape and inform in the way that it needs to take. And we have some control over the energy that we put out into the world and what energy we allow into our physical bodies. So learning to control that can create a lot of confidence and you feel responsible for how you're emitting your energy. So in my conversation today with Jess, I ask her, how do we access our heart energy? So hopefully by the end of today's episode, you will have some actual tools and techniques to sit with yourself to play with the way you feel within your own body, your own energy. And that's really a lot of the starting point if you are operating so much from our head, which we are so much conditioned to, especially if you've had micro trauma or major trauma. It's like, how can I fight or flee and get out of here? So learning to trust and sink into your body is the first step. And you'll hear more about the specifics of that in today's episode. If you feel a particular resonance with Jess and the things that she's talking about, definitely check her out. I've linked her information in the show notes. I know that her Centers for Energetic Healing, the actual physical location, is in Maine. So if you live in Maine, they are doing a bonfire, an open house, and a healing session, a group healing session in Maine at the end of the month, October 29th. So definitely check that out. Um, She also offers virtual events and healing sessions. She has a whole team of people she works with. 
All right. I hope you enjoy today's episode. Hi, Jez. Thank you so much for having this conversation with me today. I just want to remind everyone, my goal is to educate my listeners on a variety of different healing modalities and techniques that can help people grow, heal, and reach higher states of consciousness. And when I connected with you a few months back, I just knew there was an instant rapport. And if I could get you on the podcast, I was like, let's do it. We chatted a little bit and then for sure it was a match in making. So (laughs) I just want to introduce you to the listeners. You're a doctor of osteopathic medicine. You found yourself off the beaten path, I would say, integrating more energy healing work into your sessions. Can you share with the listeners a little bit about who you are and how you got to where you are in your work? And then we can go from there. Absolutely. First of all, thank you, Gina, for having me on your show. And it's an honor. I love talking to you. So what a gift that we have this time together and to share with your audience a little bit about this bridge, right? Thank the bridge you. that we're all in. So thank yeah. you. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Um, gosh, I love this question because I never know what comes through. And so um, whatever I share is meant to be shared here. Um, who am I? I? I came here on a mission. Um, and that was really clear to me from a really, really young age. And at that point, when I was a kid, it was more about medicine, being a doctor. Um, so I chased it and I went to medical school and I, instead of going to an MD school an allopathic medical school, I chose to become a DO or a doctor of osteopathic medicine, because at the time that I was making that choice about which school to go to, I knew that the body healed itself. I knew it. I had some injuries that were really major, really, really major from a car accident when I was a kid where I was pinned under a car for a while. And so I'd been on a healing path for a long time because of my own injuries and uh, traditional modern medicine really wasn't the solution for me. Um, And in fact, there really wasn't a solution that was offered for me. I learned how to train myself. I learned how to get really strong. I turned to weight training and athletics and Um, And so I just knew that there was something going on that I had to take some ownership here over healing. um, And I wasn't going to be told what to do, which was essentially what the modern medical communities at my, in my earlier years told me, you know, don't ever play soccer again, go home, go to bed kind of information. So osteopathy appealed to me and I was on a mission to help people and to never be that doctor that said, I I can't help you because that's all I had received up till that point. And Through medical school, I developed this love for the orthopedic system, but I didn't want to be a surgeon. So I became something called a physiatrist, which is a rehab medicine or like a sports medicine, pain management specialist, that kind of doctor. Um, And in my early years of practice, it was the opposite of healing. Honestly, I went into a traditional pain management practice right after residency. And I I had to prescribe lots of opiates and pain medicines and give all kinds of injections of chemicals into people's bodies. And I also had this other skill set that I'd been given in medical school, which was putting my hands on patients and actually accessing healing inside of them. Mm -hmm. And because of some of the old wounds and traumas that I had still, I still needed to work out within my own body. um, I chose traditional medicine first And I saw how ineffective it was while I was the doctor offering those treatments. And by default, I started putting my hands on people because I thought I have to help them. There was nothing that I had been taught in medical school other than hands-on techniques that 
uh, was helpful for them. Mm -hmm. So I started to play with that more and divinely found this man whose name was Jim Jealous. And he was an amazing osteopath who passed last year. And he taught me biodynamics, which is synchronizing with the health of the patient through indirect techniques. So meaning putting my hands on patients and allowing the patient's body to tell me, show me, guide me in. And the breath of life just came into my hands and into my heart. And I mean, talking about it now just brings me so many chills because that's the way. So when I discovered that form of osteopathy, I just dove in. I left traditional medicine, opened my own practice in 2012, where I did biodynamic osteopathic treatments hands-on and other things as well. But I went deep and I uncovered a world that was so beautiful in these patients that I got to be with every day. And also saw the limitations of the model of medicine that I was still one patient at a time, you know, hands-on people had to come to my office once a month to get a treatment. And while it was improving their health and they felt fantastic for a little while, you know, inevitably they, the results of their treatment would wear off or something else would come up. And I, I just knew there was a different way to both engage with the health of the patient and teach them how to engage with their own health so that they could hold themselves. They could connect to their own internal healing systems. And so in 2020, that happened. I got to actually cross over because of this pandemic that was tragic in so many ways and such an incredible opportunity in others. And in 2020, I closed my practice down and I was given some instructions from a woman that I was working with who was very intuitive. And she said, you're an energy healer. Did you know that? <laughs> and as she said that, I started to cry because I knew that, but I didn't know that. You know, it was like, it was so buried because I'd been indoctrinated into medicine and I'd been indoctrinated into a form of hands-on healing, even though I was feeling energy this whole time, she gave me permission to actually arrive. And mm -hmm. I did. And she gave me instructions and said, you can actually work with people from a distance. Did you know that? And I said, no. I've only used my hands for healing. And she said, do it. You'll figure it out as you go. And so in May of 2020, I started to treat people over Zoom. And it was, I mean, there are no words. It was so incredible. It was like a similar experience. My hands started to move. They started to feel the electromagnetic field of not just it was, it was like I was in their body, but I was using my own body as a holographic version of their body. And I got to see things, visualize the anatomy, just like I would had they been in my office, but it was clearer, crisper, deeper. Wow. So it was amazing. I know it happened really quick. And I was like, oh God, okay, what is this? You know, it was really, honestly, it was really disorienting at first because it was just this like power it's this thing that we get to do and we don't even know it because we just, we're just living in this 3d world. And so until we actually intentionally connect to the 5d, it doesn't come into view. It's like this, it's just sitting here, right? We're in this, this holographic world we're in, we are energetic. So all of a sudden, boom, my world opened up and I did, I just, I, I, I became so curious and so fascinated by what was going on here. Mm -hmm. I called up that man, that beautiful man, Jim Jealous, my osteopathic mentor, right before he died. And I told him what I was doing. And I said, is this okay? Is this osteopathy? Is this okay? Can I do this? 
And he said, tell me what you're doing. And I told him every single, I, I took him through a treatment and I just said, this is how, it, this is what's going on. He said, that is exactly right, Jess. This is the future of medicine. You have to teach this. <laughs> and then a couple months later, he passed. And so, right. And I felt him leave. I felt him come into my body. I feel him every day. Right. He's not gone. He's just bigger. He's so many chills throughout that. And I have a lot of follow-up right. questions that'll oh probably God. leave my mind if I don't start, but are you, do you want to continue there? Because I, um, I would love to jump in unless you have more to share about that. I'll just say that since that conversation, since that time, I've been doing exactly what he told me to do, which is to teach this. And you are planning to eventually create more of like a center of healing to like a physical location where you can teach this in addition to doing your remote work, correct? Correct. So okay. my hope, yeah. So I, um, right after he died, one week after he died, mm -hmm. I met my partner and she is an intuitive emotional healer. Um, and I had a lot of my own work to do. And as I engaged in this work that she graciously offered me, I went into my own deep emotional healing, which as a physician, I mean, well, not just physicians, but as a physician, you know, I think that as a medical provider, we kind of learn how to dissociate from our own internal needs and our own past wounding so that we can serve, so that we can show up, so that we can mm -hmm. live these. And I'm sure you as a chiropractor understand this, you know, being a mom and a, and a provider, you know, there's a little bit of a dissociation that is, that is required, honestly, yeah. to just give and give and give and give and give. Yeah. And, um, and so for about a year, I went into a deep dive of my own work just to heal. I had learned how to heal myself energetically using the tools that I even, you know, that I've been working with others using those same tools. And then when Claire came in, the emotional work came in and that's when we both looked at each other and said, Oh my gosh, this is it. This is, you know, the yin and the yang, the divine feminine, divine masculine. This is what we are all here to reclaim our own self-healing through connecting into our energetic systems, physically, emotionally. And so together, and then another, a third osteopath came in, Charles Bell, who found me on a podcast. And the three of us have teamed up and we have created something called Centers for Energetic Healing which is healing the healers, but everybody's involved in yeah. that. Everyone's a healer. We're self-healers. And so in our center, we are creating remote locations so that this can be accessible worldwide, but also physical. We're just right now in the process of raising funds for um, a retreat center in Vermont, which is the, um, hopefully if this works out, which it, we know it will, because that's what we're manifesting, um, our first of many, hopefully, centers so that people can come and receive this deep inner healing from all realms. You know, it's just this mm -hmm. internal scrubbing and it's the work that we should have been handed when we were born, but we weren't. We And so now in, in turn, we have to do this, what I'm calling this inversion. So before as a doctor, for example, before we can offer our healing services to patients, we have work to do inside of ourselves. And so it requires a tool set. It requires some support, requires a lot of love mm -hmm. and a community in which to do this work then we can return to our families, to our communities, to, you know, our service. And we, we come from this beautifully full place, this overflowing place. And it's that win-win that we're all looking for. So it's this like intentional or the centers for energetic healing is about going in in order to expand out. It's so beautiful. Let's say, I don't know how many years ago, 20 years ago, 
So, I mean, I was pretty young, but you know, when I'm a a developing adolescent, 18 years old, right. At that point in my life, if somebody would have talked to me about this, I would have been like, (laughs) okay there. But the amount of shift that has occurred in my own life from that time to now, I agree. Like the future of medicine does embody a lot of what you share. I don't think that medicine in the way that we have known it and seen it to be is going to go away. I just think there's going to be this avenue and it's going to become more popular and more accessible and less woo woo, right? Because it feels right because their curiosity is there. And I'm big on if you have something that you're curious about, follow it. Mm-hmm. follow it. You know, what, what's wrong with that? Um, and in my own life, I just continue to be blown open, which is part of my whole journey with everything that I'm tapping into here with the podcast and my own experience. But I want to touch on what you had mentioned with accessing the 5d and the hologram of mm-hmm. the human. So you had said that it was more clear when you allowed yourself to tap into the hologram than it was even in person. Can you yeah. speak to that a little bit when you were actually doing the healing? Yes, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. It's a great question. I love that. Um, this is what it feels like. So when I'm the, the, the image that comes to mind when I, cause I, I get that question a lot and the image that comes to mind is, so as a provider, you are a provider. So you understand this really well. When you put your hands on, on a client or a patient, what you're doing is you're, you're coming from the surface and you're going in, mm-hmm. right? So you, I, I imagine you do a lot of like, you know, um, um, high velocity techniques, but you know, there's so many, obviously that, that we both know osteopaths for the people listening who don't know, um, chiropractors and osteopaths, there are a lot of overlapping modalities that we use to work and that the form of, of treatment that we have been trained as an osteopath and a chiropractor do is something called direct action. So we put our hands on a patient and we can feel where something's just not moving very well. And then we can restore the motion mm-hmm. of that joint, of that ligament, of that tendon, of that muscle, whatever it ha- happens to be. But we're engaging with the body from the surface level. And then we get to go down into the body and engage with whatever depth we are focusing our attention on. There is a, there, when I worked with patients and I did all kinds of uh, techniques with patients, I love deep cranial work where I can feel the rhythms of the body. That's called biodynamics. At least that's the form that I use. And I also do, I also was doing lots of like high velocity techniques and muscle energy counter strain. So um, what I saw was like, I was almost a scuba diver in the body. So I could get down into the tissues of the body only so far. I could see internally, I learned how, and this was just something of skill set that, um, that comes over time. Um, some people, connect with it right away. But for me, it took a long time to really start to visualize what a liver looked like, felt like was, you know, Mm -hmm. I started to be able to really connect to the energetic um, shape and size and and image of the body internally. But it was like from a scuba diver perspective. So as, or or, sorry, as a snorkeler. Okay. So the hands-on work is like snorkeling. So you go in from the surface and as a snorkeler, you kind of go down, you see so far, you can still connect to the landscape. You can see the fish, you can see the coral reef, but you can't get to the floor. You can't get to the, you know, you don't really get the full experience, the full immersion mm-hmm. as an energetic. When, when I synchronize with a patient now or a client, as I call them, when we synchronize together, 
here's the thing that happens. We're all from the same. We're all made of energy. Bruce Lipton beautifully outlines this. Joe Dispenza beautifully outlines this. Greg Braden beautifully outlines this. HeartMath Institute does incredible research on the energetics of the body. This is scientific. This is quantum science. So we are made 100% of energy and we're made of the same energy. We come from the same source. We're all part of one another. We're designed to connect to one another in symbiotic ways, meaning supportive ways. And so as an osteopath who's just trained to do this, I have learned how to synchronize with you in a way that is not invasive, yet overlapping in our energetic system. And so all of a sudden, my energetic system, I've learned how to just kind of create, like together we're just one, but it's similar to like, um, let's just say your computer or laptop needs support and you go to like an online support and they take, they say, Hey, I'm going to, I'm going to take control of your hard drive, hard drive for a little while. Right. Mm-hmm. You still like you are not going to give them your passwords to go into your most private possession. So there's still this internal core that's yours and yours alone, but that person can drive your body for a little while or drive your computer, I should say. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what this looks like. So you and I overlap just enough so that I can kind of get in there. Mm-hmm. I can then go deeper. So that's where, and I use my hands. My hands are always moving when I'm treating somebody or um, I try not to use the word treating because I, this is not a medical treatment as, you know, we have to be careful about old paradigm, new paradigm sure. medicine, now. but I call it an, a healing session. Um, yeah. And, and what happens is that I get to, because I'm now using my own body as a holographic version of your body. I use my hands to feel. And also my, my mind creates this internal view of what's going on inside of your body. And so if there's something in your body that's not moving very well, meaning if there's density there, stagnation there, your body will show me, let's just say it's your liver, okay? Your body will actually show me, I'll I'll have an image of your liver come to mind and my hands will then go over there and we'll get to go in, but from the surface level, I mean, sorry, from the the core up, not the surface. Mm -hmm. So we go from the underside up now. Mm -hmm. So it's literally like scuba diving under the surface of the body the energetic Mm -hmm. system that then feeds your neurology, feeds your anatomy. And that's where we free up the blockages that cause that stagnation in the first place. Mm -hmm. So it's really beautiful because it goes to source. It goes to the root cause from within, as opposed to the surface down, we can absolutely access healing from the surface. There's no question about that. It's the question is how deep can we go? Mm-hmm. And I know so many patients over the years came back to me and said, I don't understand why I'm not healing or why I don't understand why I felt so good for like mm-hmm. two weeks. And then I started to not feel good again. And so if we're really, in, and the thought that I had back then was, well, this isn't true healing. This is surface level healing. There's something more that we're missing. And this is a way that I have found that starts to really, and, and employing and empowering people to start investigating their own systems, their own bodies that combined with working inside of what we now see as the energetic quantum healing system, that's where we start to access healing at its root. So this holographic thing, which is so cool, I see it now as like, I get to be your teammate, right? We're like on the same team here. So it's no longer this old paradigm of I'm your doctor. I'm going to do the work to heal you. Now it's let's go in together. And whenever I'm treating someone or healing, giving someone a healing session, I'm always engaging them in the work. So I bring you with your attention. I direct your breath to where we are. 
a lot of the patients and clients that I work with now, they still, they feel everything that's happening, which is so, um, it's so empowering because when you can start to like, whoa, I can feel this. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh, I can do this. It's a whole different way. Yeah. That yeah. Our communities to heal. Right. And that's what I love about this so much. Cause there's a lot of different energetic modalities out there. Reiki is one of them. And I think it's really valid. I think Reiki is amazing, but it's a little gentler and you can feel like a Reiki session in a global way, you know, but you're not necessarily going to feel it in a specific part of your anatomy that's bothering you. Mm-hmm. So like if you were to come in and have shoulder pain, for example, energetically, we can actually move the energy through mm-hmm. the part of the body that's creating the impairment that's manifesting in shoulder yeah. pain. And it's, it's just a, it's a way to really deeply engage people, but in a different way. So fascinating. And from my experience as a healer, I have found myself gravitating towards more energetics over time. When I put my hands on someone, I get so much information that it can be overwhelming for me. I get the feelings that they're feeling. I I kind of get an idea of where they're stuck. I don't always speak to it. I sometimes do. And it usually is with patients that I feel are more engaged with the 3D world. Okay. So there's more resistance in that way. So then I stay very 3D because that's where they're at. Yeah, does that yeah. make sense? It does. How would you guide me to work with that like over initial overwhelm? Because what I typically do is I just stay very 3D and very um more medical. Yeah. Rather than like go towards that energetic component. Even though I feel like they need it, you know, everyone can benefit through that. It's yeah. just I feel like there's a resistance or a blockage or a barrier and and I sense that. So then I stay very 3D with that person. Yeah. So the the thought what's coming in right now is that the overwhelm is always ego, right? So the overwhelm, the information that comes in is, you know, what do I question? This is, you know, your mind, your cerebral mind is attempting to engage with an energetic sensation. When we can step out of that mind and get into our own body and intuit what is to be done here, you can even ask that question. Your hands are guided by your heart. So what I'll feel is a massive overwhelm from my throat into my solar plexus. Okay. So you might be taking in information from that patient. So it's an interesting thing that can happen when we work with people. And this is something as an energetic sensitive or an empath, we tend to, before we have a better sense of our own energetic system and how to create healthy boundaries for ourselves, Mm -hmm. very common, especially when it sounds like you're just connecting in now to a different, you know, energies on the planet are becoming much more powerful and palpable. And so anyone that's doing hands-on work right now is feeling this in a different way. Mm -hmm. I don't do as much hands-on work. I do some, but, and when I do, I notice that there's a big shift in the amount of information that's coming into my own body. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, And so it requires that we become really sovereign in our own field. Yeah. We're working with patients completely. And so a way to do this is to, there's lots of different techniques. I think that what's happening for you is when we start to wake up to the world of energy, it's unbelievable. We get curious about it and we want to engage with it. And so, you know, we, we like go into it and we're like, what is this that I'm feeling? Should I be doing this? And the mind gets into the the mix of all of this. And that's where I feel a lot of the overwhelm is because it's, you're feeling and you're sensing, and also you're trying to figure it all out at the same exact time. Absolutely. Like, so your body's like, bah. 
And then with other people, I'll feel it, but I'll feel more guided to know what to do. So what would that be? Like, what's the difference between those patients where all of a sudden I'm getting messages and I'll tell them. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Well, you're probably hitting up against the blocks that the, that your client you call them clients or patients, patients. Okay. So the patients that you're working with, you're probably hitting up against your, you're feeling their resistance Mm -hmm. because if they're not, if they're confused, right. Imagine this. And I always, this is an amazing thing I think about a lot. When we wake up, when we wake up, when we wake up to the world of energy, when we start to recognize that we are not just these 3D humans living on this matrix, if we, if that's all that there was, this would not be a very fun existence, right? Especially now, given everything that's going on. And so, so many people are starting to wake up and what a gift that is. Cause the second right. you wake up, there's love, there's connection, there's source. Any one of us who are connecting with someone who's not let's just say, let's use the word connection. If they are, if a person that is walking on this planet right now is not consciously connected to source, to God, to love, there's a lot of fear in there. There's a lot of density in there. There's a lot of resistance in there. And Mm -hmm. so if you happen to be engaging with that particular person who's holding a lot of that in their body, if you are engaging with them, it's so easy for you then to absorb some of that. And so the number one thing that I would suggest if someone, if you're feeling that kind of resistance would be to engage with your own protection. And you know how you do that? I mean, I have some techniques, but I'm always open to hearing what works for other people because obviously it's not working in that moment. Well, in that moment, or not knowing to do it in that moment, you know? Right. So what happens, I think, is when we start to feel that sense of overwhelm, we go into a sympathetic response. That's our brain saying, oh boy, okay, I'm overwhelmed. Overwhelm is like, okay, let's batten down the hatches. Let's like kind of go in, you know, we're getting ready to, for combat, right? That's overwhelm. Overwhelm is like, we need to self-protect. Mm-hmm. And our breathing starts to get a little more, sh- I mean, it's it's very subtle, but there's a real, there's almost like a little bit of our own internalized fear, which is healthy self-protection mm-hmm. that just gets kicked up. Mm-hmm. So in order to combat that and to not take in that person's energy, because that could be what's going on, mm-hmm. we can actually access our own parasympathetic nervous system by going down. So directing the energy in your body away from your brain, which is overthinking the situation. Mm-hmm. That's right. And going down and literally as your hands are on this patient, you're doing your, your thing. Mm-hmm. Connect back down to your root, get grounded. Mm-hmm. Get yourself connected to the earth again, because that's going to neutralize fear. And that's the one place where I tell people to go in their body, because what's going on here, I call this body safety. So overwhelm is it's not safe in here Mm -hmm. because there's a threat from the outside, right? A perceived, this Mm -hmm. is all perceived. It's not real, of course, but your body is in a state of perceived threat, which is why there's the feeling of overwhelm. Yeah. And what I was told, this is funny because when I, I always joke about this, when I was in medical school, I was taught to put a clipboard between me and the patient because, you know, there's a term energy vampire you may have heard of. Yeah. And so we have a lot of energy vampires out there. They don't do it yeah. on purpose. They're no. just people and they're full of fear and they're siphoning off of you, right? Yeah. You're the provider. You have so much love. You're shiny and you're happy and you, you're graciously giving this healing. And so it's easy for people to look at you and be like, I want what you have. I'm going to take it. Right. Mm. And you can feel that. And that's real. That's real. And so there's so much that I can say about this, but originally to just put like a a barrier literally between my solar plexus and third center, that doesn't work. Right. Because it's energy. It'll go around. And and I'm holding, I'm touching them. (laughs) So here's the solution. Connect into your root, go down to the first energy center of the body lives at the base of your pelvis. 
and it connects you to the energy of the earth through a channel. So there's a central channel that runs between your first energy center, which is the one that grounds you. It's the one that helps your body feel safe again. Mm -hmm. And the other important part is that it's the home of the parasympathetic nervous system, mm -hmm. the lumbosacral plexus, right? right? So when you're connecting down there, you're turning off and there's only one part of your nervous system that can be active at a time. So if you're in overwhelm, you're in sympathetic. If you're in your parasympathetic nervous system, you're in relaxation mode yep. and then you can ease back into the experience. And here's the other important thing. Now energy starts to flow from you out. Yes. As opposed yes. To yes. So right. the answer then is not protect your solar plexus by shutting it down. Actually, it's open it back up. Yep. Yep. That protect yourself with energy moving outward and then you're not absorbing anymore. Now you're sharing, but mm -hmm. in a beautifully symbiotic way. Mm -hmm. Right. So that's important. Feel your feet on the earth. That's part of your root system. Feel your legs connecting to your root center, right up your root center and let the energy flow between your legs, your pelvis and the earth. And you'll get out of your head. Yes. Yeah. That's the most important thing. Get out of your head. Yes. There's no, there's no harm here. Right. Bring your energy back down. And now you're connected back into source. Right. And offer your service from there. And then at the end of a session like that, it's important to you know, inadvertently you take in energy from someone. If you get overwhelmed like that, you shut down. It's mm -hmm. easy then to, you know, mm -hmm. kind of accidentally absorb something that you totally you just need to get cleared. Yeah. So, Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Thank great you. Thank you. <laughs> well, and on a side question from that is that I had been hosting some guided meditations over the last couple of years. And in particular, I would do heart opening meditations and really just focusing on the energy of the heart. Because as you also know, you know, it's 5,000 times more electromagnetic than the brain. And there has been a huge shift in my ability to access that heart energy. And that is something that because I'm so aware of that shift, I would want everyone to be able to access that, right? And so when I'm hosting these meditations, I really talk about drawing our energy into our heart center and feeling that expansion. What would you say? Because everyone will maybe use different words, but in light of bringing this to greater awareness for more people, how would you talk to someone about or instruct somebody to access their heart energy when they are in meditation or when they are, you know, in some like state of stillness or guided meditation, whatever that is. And will you speak to kind of the benefits of that also? Yeah. Oh gosh. How much time do we have here? Right? I know. Right. Is, this uh, might be rounding it out. Right there. <laughs> yes. That is everything what you just asked. Um, yeah. Because it really is. It really is everything. It was it's a everything. huge shift for me and I'm still practicing anchoring into the heart and everything changes. Even yeah. when you were just explaining to me, you know, like when you're anchored into the body. Yes. Yes. You're right. Um, but it feels different when I was having that overwhelm versus like the intentional meditating, breathing in the light into my heart. So can you speak to that a little? Uh, I Or a lot. That. Yes. Okay. So going back to what we just shared about reading. Yeah. So here's what's interesting. The heart opens and closes, you know, the energetic heart we're talking about, obviously the anatomic heart opens and closes, but the energetic heart, meaning the heart center, which is in the middle of your chest. And I just call that the fourth energy center. And we have six inside the body, main energy centers. Mm -hmm. The root center we just spoke to was number one. And that one is, I would say, 
the heart and the root are the two most important energy centers in your body in reference to what you're just asking about, you know, how do we access the heart and how do we access heart coherence, which is, you know, breathing, living, being in that heart energy. And then what's the real point? How does that even affect us? Right. Heart coherence is everything. We're born in a state of heart coherence. We die and go back to heart coherence and our lives in between are anything but coherent. But the fascinating thing about this is that it's an intentional cultivation. We have to intentionally during the course of our lives. Now, here's the thing. The energy of heart coherence is bliss. It's ecstasy. It's expansion. It's oneness. It's unity consciousness. It's stillness. It's wholeness. It's the only energy where healing, true, deep core level healing is manifest. So why wouldn't we be there all the time, right? It's because we've been programmed mm-hmm. to be from our brains, mm-hmm. live from our brains. Mm-hmm. We're programmed to live in fear. We're programmed to live in our thoughts. We're programmed mm-hmm. to live in a world that's toxic, upside down. And so we turn it around, but we have to do so with conscious intention. Mm-hmm. And so the first step is if we just go to the heart, it would be very similar if you're going from a state of overwhelm or just being in your life. It's a big, steep hill to climb to go from brain to heart, just like that. So the first step that I often recommend is first go all the way down. Restoring our earth, the connection to the earth is what stabilizes our whole energetic system and helps us to feel safe. I offer group healing sessions to big groups of people or one-on-ones or whomever, but I always start with touching into the energy of the heart just to, you know, begin. That's our kind of our center. Our stillness comes from the heart, but before we can really allow that central stillness, the health, the love, the source connection to be manifest there, we have to anchor into something. Otherwise we're going to be floating around and that's what happens to us. Our hearts open, they close, they open, they close. We're in traffic. We come back into our meditations, right? We're always getting into a state of opening and closing. And the real magic here that you're asking about is how do we mm-hmm. stay there? How do we, mm-hmm. how do we live from this place when we're not? Or even staying? how can someone access it who hasn't experienced it intentionally? Yeah. Yes. Okay. So here's simple three steps. Okay. Okay. Three steps. Number one, close your eyes and what that will do and get into a safe place. Because in order to access that heart experience, we have to practice because it doesn't just happen accidentally. It happens accidentally when we get a hug or when someone says something that we love right. with That's someone. That's a really love. good point. External. Right? Yeah. So we have to internally, thank you for saying that external word. We have to start to practice um, initiating this from the inside. And this is how we do it. Quiet down, bring your energy back in. So when we're using our outer five senses, we're scanning the outer world, we're in sympathetic activity. Mm-hmm. So now we have to turn on parasympathetic mm-hmm. and that's why we go down. So mm-hmm. close the eyes and that's just step number one, close your eyes and get really comfortable. You can lie down or you can sit down. I personally like to sit, but um, some people love to lie down to get comfortable and then spend some time letting yourself drop down. So that's step number two. So first get comfortable and just create a nice quiet place for you to have a few minutes. I love insight meditation timer or some kind of a timer so that you don't just get restless and get up. So even if you're just doing this for five minutes, set Mm -hmm. some kind of a timer for yourself so that you have a bracketed, this is all about creating a container. So create a container. Okay. Step one, save container, bring your energy back in, close your eyes, get comfortable, get quiet. Set a healing space for yourself, set a healing time for yourself. 
Step number two is go down to the earth, make a conscious connection to the earth. This can look like so many different things. You can do this, you know, in a room, you can do this in nature, you can do this in a car, you can do this in an airplane, you can do this in the line. If you want to close your eyes while you're in the supermarket, you don't have to close your eyes, but I think you should. And make that conscious connection to the earth. And what I recommend is find that place at the root of your spine, the base of your spine, and start to open it with your breath. So when you breathe into it, you're literally opening it up. And then when you breathe out from it, breathe down. So you're making a conscious connection. And then when you breathe in your next breath, breathe up from earth. Every one of us has an energy center just under our bodies. We can call it the earth star. That's sometimes what it's called. So imagine that you, because you do have an energy center under your body, just a couple inches or feet sometimes. And when you breathe up from the earth, you're literally breathing earth energy into that root center of yours. And so that's step two is just find your root center, bring the energy of your conscious attention down there, and then start to breathe up from the earth into the root center, fill up the root center, and then down from your root center to the earth. So you're just filling up from the earth into the root, and you're emptying and opening down from the root to the earth. That connection is vital. That's going to anchor you. It's going to root you. And it's going to activate your parasympathetic nervous system so that when you do now go to step three, which is your heart, now you feel relaxed, you feel calm beyond just creating that container. Mm-hmm. Now go to the heart. Okay. So step three, now that, and but, but keep your attention on the earth also. So remember you're safe and you're held and you're being fed by love, this eternal unconditional loving source we're made of earth she's our mother she's always with us and when we access love from our heart from a place where we feel safe and rooted our heart actually has greater capacity to move mm-hmm. versus a, just accessing the heart immediately uh, without that grounding exactly mm-hmm. so many of us go straight to heart mm-hmm. without grounding and so that's great But imagine when you add that one extra step and you don't have to do step one, by the way, because if you happen to be sitting in traffic, right, and you're getting all heated about the traffic because you're going to be late, what if you could remember that the earth is breathing you no matter what, there's nothing you can do about the traffic in front of you, Mm -hmm. and so why don't you use this time and get into your body? Okay, find the earth. Breathe from the earth and you don't have to close your eyes, stay very focused on the road, right? You don't want to hit the person in front of you but connect to the earth and you'll feel yourself. I guarantee if any one of you does this, you'll feel that you're like, okay, here I am. I'm sitting in traffic. It's not what I can do about it. Might as well actually like come into my body. Right. And I imagine some people probably feel that more instantaneous than others. So that process, like for me, when people will talk about grounding, I do, as long as I do a quick, like I will feel it a little bit more quickly than some people when I'm being intentional with it. Um, And I also think that that grounding piece is the hardest piece for some people when they are just starting, when they're just starting getting into meditation, just starting to having an interest in all of the stuff that we're talking about. And because it feels unsafe to close the eyes, like the anxiety ramps up the thoughts, the to do's, the that what am I doing? Like all of the things will come in and to really say, I am safe. Like I found that to be really helpful is when I would first start grounding is to literally say to myself, I am safe. I am Mm -hmm. supported. 
Yeah. I love that. I love that. And I love that you bring in the safety piece because, you know, the heart in a way it's the, it's the goal. The goal is to live from the heart. That's the goal. And so many of us jump right to the heart. Mm-hmm. The reason we have to go deeper. Okay. The reason that we feel unsafe is because of what is actually creating a looping mind that's telling us we're unsafe. If we're just sitting there doing nothing, we are safe, but we're becoming aware of a lot of energy that got stuck inside the body. Mm -hmm. And so, and you know where it got stuck down low. And so when we start, but it's, it's fascinating because that root center, that number one center, that's the center that actually is the foundation of safety and security in the body. It activates our parasympathetic nervous system. It calms us down. It's the rest and digest center. And it feeds every other center in the body. So if that center is closed down, if it's scattered, if it's wounded, it's what's manifesting the feeling of being unsafe in the body. And so that's where we begin. Mm -hmm. We go all the way down to the root. And there's so much more. I mean, my whole platform. So my partner and I have actually created this online healing platform called Self Healing Immersion. And it's it's everything that you're talking about, which is how we begin this stuff. Yeah. You know, how do I engage with all of these tools? I want to get there, but yep. whenever I close my eyes and I start to go in, I just want to run. And by the way, that was my experience. I started meditating a long time ago. And the very first meditation weekend that I did where I had to sit all day long for three days, I went running out of the meditation hall as fast as I possibly could, because it is so uncomfortable when you start this. It is so uncomfortable when you start to see what's actually going on in there. Mm-hmm. And, and at the same time, what we're saying in the spiritual community is, but you actually have to go in there to get yeah. to the root, to get to the place where we can right. even begin to talk about, you know, heart coherence, which it sounds like we may have to save for our next show, right? I mean, yeah, so right. <laughs> heart coherence, I'll just say this, our innate resting state where we came, we came into this incarnation into our physical bodies in a state of heart coherence. Look at a baby. They're in coherence most of the time. All they do is sleep. They eat, they fart, they poop, right? That's it. They're just big bundles of love. They're in coherence all the time. And as we go through our lives, we take in experiences. Some of those experiences come through our bodies. Most of them don't. Most things come in, they get stuck inside of us, right? Unfelt feelings, emotions, number one cause of all dissonance in the body, number one cause. And so all that stuff is in there. And it's not a punishment. It's designed to stay in there until we go back down and start to be present with Mm. our bodies. So at first, oh my God, it is not easy. It's not comfortable. I don't even know what this looks like. My heart rate is activated. My breathing is short and shallow, right? And so we do how we talk in my communities. We talk about body safety so much because that's what you're bringing in. You know, no one's going to engage with this work if it causes more anxiety. Mm-hmm. And so we take these little baby steps. And so rooting number one is just that, just feel your feet, just feel your, feel that root center, really start to spend some time down there. And when the thoughts come in, and this is another piece, look at them and just come back to stillness. All you're doing is breathing into the root center. Thoughts come in. No, we're not going there right now. Because our thoughts only want to pull us off center. Our brain only wants to tell us what's going on down there with a story, with a distraction. And that's all our mind is doing is just constantly pulling us off center. 
constantly pulling us out of our bodies because that's what it's used to doing. And so this initial phase of going back down into the body, it's just a phase, literally. It's just something for that sure. it's building a muscle. And so I have been a weight trainer forever and the spiritual muscles are just muscles. That's it. Mm-hmm. All that they are. And I love teaching this stuff because it's so practical. It's so, once you get the hang of the stuff, the tensions, the anxieties, the worries, the fears are overactive thinking mind. It all starts to fade away slowly over time, but it's a matter of consistency of really committing to learning how to be in your body in a way that feels safe. And then we start to buy the byproduct, by the way, of rooting and feeling safe is feeling loving. So when we come back up into our hearts, but after it's hard coherence is the goal of any spiritual like healing practice, living inside of your body and allowing the heart, by the way, is a, is a feeling state. It's not a word state. And so when we live from our minds, we're constantly narrating our lives. We're we're literally on the side of our lives. We're not in our lives. We're in the future. We're in the past. We're reliving past traumas most of the time. We're reacting to current situations from a script, a program that's running on repeat through our brain. I like this. I don't like this. That's programming. As opposed to living from heart, which is, oh, here's an experience. Let me feel, okay, I want this color. You know, okay, here's the next experience. Oh, look, I get to go on a show and talk to Gina. What are we going to talk about? I don't know. It's okay. It's just going to flow because I trust. Right. And it's not this premeditation, this anxiety. We get into anxiety because we're so stuck in our brain. And the conditioning piece that you speak to, I'm just getting pouring in messages of the practical examples of when we're young and how we're conditioned, how we're raised by our parents who are always the best intended. You know, obviously they didn't have the skill set if they parented out of fear, corporal punishment, any spanking, any just emotional, like shaming, Mm -hmm. all of that. So if people are like, well, no, I feel safe. Like no one's coming to get me today. It's like, right. But your messages when you were young, or if you're doing that as a parent to your kids, and then you're asking them to breathe and relax and feel safe, like they may not feel safe with you. If on the next breath you are, you know, shaming them and asking them to, you know, just hurry all the time and there's conditioning and it's a big dichotomy. So I find that myself, like with my daughter, who is nine, she'll be 10 here. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, I do my best to be as aware as possible. And then oftentimes, you know, I'll have to, we got to get going. And, you know, she feels interrupted, probably rushed or things like that. And I never intend to do that. But because of the world we live in, I end up in that place. And then in the next breath, I'm like, okay, we're going to actually calm our bodies, relax. Well, there's a barrier to her even wanting to do that. Cause am I safe here? Like with you, or are we going to have to hurry up and get going somewhere <laughs> or whatever the, the conditioning that we're doing to our kids, or we've had done to us that we have to also recognize is so deep. This is what you're speaking to. It's like, we have to clear that out, recognize we are our own sovereign beings today and saying, I have the power to anchor myself in regardless of my circumstances before I am in a safe room, I am in a safe place. And we start from there. Um, But that, that was just pouring in. So I felt like the need to say that. I love everything that you just shared. And it's so true. And I want to speak to that because this work is the most unbelievably nourishing work that we will ever do ever, 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 ever do. We all only want to go home. 
mm-hmm. right? And that's what we're here doing. Ramdas, a quote from Ramdas, we're just here to walk one another home. And everyone who has experienced what Jess is talking about, I know gets it. And you're just saying yes, yes at home. And if you are curious about it and you haven't yet explored these modalities, just trust, just give it a try. You know, and I know a lot of people will start their journeys in this way with either like mushrooms or psilocybin and things like that. And I'm, I have my opinions on that, et cetera. But if you have experienced those, that is like the state we can get to in a more milder form in heart coherence in your daily life without any external substance. And that is what I find to just be mind-blowing, fascinating. That's where breath work comes in and all these other practices that, you know, I hope to speak more to here in future episodes. And I'm sure Jess could be on again to share more about her work in those fields. But I just also felt the need to share that. Yeah. Yeah. I love that. And I want to just offer this. This doesn't start easy for the majority of people. You know, this process of, um, I'll offer this part. I think this is important for your listeners to hear. So, um, I, um, I have a history of addiction and I got sober in like 2009. Um, and I, I kind of came into this world wide open and really sensitive. And I got pummeled with lots of early childhood traumas and I didn't know, I didn't have the tools. So many of us don't, right. So we bury those things. And so we look for other things to just get us through life for a little while. And so for me, it was substances, Um, knowing very well where that path went because my dad died from addiction when I was only four. So, you know, I knew I was playing with fire this whole time. And yet at the same time, I didn't have the tools. And so my first step in the process of uncovering all this, getting off the substances and getting into my body was meditation. Mm -hmm. And that's when I was just like, oh my God, like, how do you even get in there? Right. How do you get in there? Because I felt like there was just this like unbelievable force field of just pain Mm -hmm. that I had to navigate through just to sit So I get it. That's why I share all of that. You know, that's where I came from. And so it's not an easy journey for, so to get from where I was back in 2009 to where I sit now, which is I cultivate stillness in my day. I wake up in the morning and I do a 45 minute practice and I just disengage from my brain. It's really the most powerful thing that we will ever learn how to do is let our brain do whatever it's going to do, but be aware of it. Just be aware of the brain. The brain is telling us all kinds of stuff. And it's just, it's creating a narrative from the energy that's stuck in your body from those past wounds, from those past felt, unfelt emotions and feelings. So if you're starting this work, guess what your brain is going to say? A lot, a lot, right? That's why this is so hard in the beginning. Because when we start, think about it. We have a lifetime supply of unfelt feelings, emotions that are then translated by your brain as you're a piece of shit right? That's what you hear. That's what you feel. I'm unworthy. I'm unloved. And so know that's just a normal part of this process. And you can feel like you're going insane Mm -hmm. as I did many, many, many times. And I feel that's why we do this with guidance. You know, that's what my whole life work is for, is to help you, is to help start this process to start from wherever you are, right? So Mm -hmm. if you're just that drug addict trying to get off drugs, it's okay. It's not easy. This is the way we go in. We deprogram the mind. And by doing so, by connecting to our body, there are so many tools that way beyond the scope of this show, but the way that we go in is by accessing like 
true healing tools that move these energies back through again. Mm -hmm. My partner, Claire does the emotional healing work and I do the physical energetic healing work. And there's a million different ways. Breath work is an incredible way. And what that's really doing is it's calming down your nervous system. It's, you know, what is, what are the, you know, all of the different hallucinogenics that people are using now, you know, they're gifts to us as a bridge. Um, I have my own views on that as well. And I do see it as being a useful modality for some, certainly not for all. And, but the, the true resting state is love from within without the need for anything else. Once you connect to source, mm-hmm. it is the most delicious, unbelievably unconditional loving experience you will ever have in your life. And it just, everything else pales into comparison. So that's the work now that spirituality is learning how to cultivate that more and more and more and more and more every day, knowing very well. And this is the last thing I'll say about this, that the beginning of this journey is agonizing most of the time, agonizing. It doesn't mean you're doing it wrong. It doesn't mean that it's not to be done. It doesn't mean that you are not capable of doing this work because you're here on this planet right now. You are right? You're designed to do this work. Like you're designed to heal this way. Nobody is the exception to that. Nobody. We just, we have a collection of stuff. That stuff inside of the body creates thoughts. Those thoughts tell us things about ourselves that are lies. And when we sit down in quiet meditation or doing energetic healing practices, or we start doing emotional work, the lies get loud, the brain gets loud. And that's when we reach out and we start getting support and help to help us get through that because you deserve to feel whole again that's what we're here to do. Like we're here to experience that now. If you chose to be here on this planet at this time, you're here to do this work. You can deny it all you want to. Ascension is guiding us back home. The energy of the earth is moving big, huge waves of energy moving through us in every moment right now. And that stuff that got stuck in your body is getting blasted to the surface. <laughs> that's why so many more people are having such a harder time. Mm-hmm. Right. We just have to move it up and out as opposed to doing what we normally do or we program to do, which is push it push it back down, medicate it somehow or run away. So I am so grateful for you to listen for your ability to listen to your guidance and to move from addiction into this very empowering field. And I can feel it. That's what I, when I was seeing your reels pop up, yeah, you've been MIA there on social media for a while. I'm sure you'll come back, but I was just like, oh man, I feel her. So I knew I needed to connect with you, but my last question for you, and then I'll let you go here is something I try to ask most of the people that I interview. And this isn't necessarily a parenting specific podcast, but I know there's people out there who are raising kids and we're all healing at the same time where it's the blind leading the blind. (laughs) And my question to you, because you are immersed in this field is, what would you say to parents or what advice would you give to parents who are trying to raise their children um, in alignment with their highest self? Yeah, I love that. And um, I know I, you're a mom yourself. I was going to say, yeah. And I do have a six-year-old boy myself. So, um, so these kids, you know, depending on their ages, these kids are coming in with, um, this is what I feel is true. The energetic makeup of a human being right now is actually changing 
This is ascension. Our bodies are changing and we're upgrading very, very, very quickly. So our kids are coming in actually way more designed, way more equipped to talk about energy and intuition and guidance and channeling and quantum and their big souls. That's why so many more kids are getting diagnosed with autism right now. You know, we could talk about vaccines and all that kind of stuff if you wanted to go down that rabbit hole, but there's more, right? There's more. These kids are more sensitive. They're also in certain ways a little bit more wounded, but we, I believe wounding alchemizes to expansion, evolution. So however you want to look at your child, if they're wounded, they're not wounded, if they're on some kind of a spectrum or not, I believe our kids are coming in with extreme sensitivities. And that's why the school system is really, we're having a hard time educating these kids. So what do we do? We talk to them like this. If you are a parent out there and you're having your own experiences with energy and you're starting to dive into this work, bring your kids in with you. They are equipped to do this. They are literally mm-hmm. like, they want this. They, they crave this. They came in this way. They might resist you. My, my little boy, um, you know, I have been treating him with my hands on his body since he was, he was an IVF baby. And he, um, and he was born via C-section. He was born premature. So he had all kinds of things that, you know, I knew he needed support with in his system because he had lots of trauma that he absorbed. Um, and so, you know, when I treat him now, I the second I put my hands on his body, he'll start to kind of move around and squirm and tickle. You know, he gets really tickly and he'll say, oh, mama, you're, you know, I can feel the energy now in my hands. That's these kids love this. They love this. And the thing is, if they're resisting it, it's only because they have already been kind of programmed away from it, depending on their age, but keep at it. Mm-hmm. I think the most important thing as a, as a parent who's waking up to this is whatever you can do to just engage your kids, have open, honest conversations with them about this, about Ascension, about the changes on the planet. I think that we want to protect our kids or we feel that they're not able to connect to this information, mm-hmm. but we it's the opposite is true. They're hungry mm-hmm. for it. They don't necessarily have the language for it, but if, and, and the other thing to remember is that whatever they're resisting, because if they happen to be teenagers, they're just, that's just their DNA. They're, it's resistance yeah. is in their DNA, but what you are doing is planting the seed for them. Mm-hmm. Yes. So that at whatever stage of their life, they can come back and say, Oh my God. And I have to remember that too. You know, this conversation is way progressive for a lot of people. And so when I connect to people and I I love when people ask me the question, Oh, you're a doctor. Oh, cool. Where do you practice? <laughs> and you know, it's like, how do you answer that? Well, <laughs> it's a I long, how much time do you have? I do. Uh, yeah. I'm an energy healer, but I'm yeah. So, um, you know, I, sometimes I, I answer if I, like you mentioned a 3d patient, if they're truly 3d and I'm just, I just intuit the answer. And oftentimes I'll speak. And once I start to speak, I get excited about what I'm speaking through because the channel opens, my channel opens up and I'll share information and then I'll stop talking and I'll like, listen to the energy that I hear from the person, you know, like I like listen to what their body says, not what I shared. Sometimes it's like, you're crazy, but you know, and sometimes not most people are very polite. They're like, wow, that's really interesting, Mm -hmm. you know, but we're planting seeds because everybody's going to wake up everybody's going to wake up, whether it's this lifetime or it's next. Every single human on this planet is here to engage with this evolution in human consciousness. That's what's happening here. I and love so- that. And I, and I believe it takes a lot of courage to yes. anchor into that and do it anyway, because there is that fear of judgment, the fear, well, all of that stuff. And 
clearly yeah. you've moved past that. Anyone who's in these fields have moved, has moved past it. Like, right. And when I speak to going back to children, when I've talked to my daughter about this, she is quite interested. Um, but then I also make sure to have that caveat of just so you know, not everyone is going to receive this as truth or as like, you know, they might think that it's not in that you're crazy for it. So just know that. And just, we talk, you can talk with me about it and you can talk with them about it. Just know that it may not be received by the other people. They may think it's like the tooth fairy and yes, you know, you can let them think that and that's okay. And so one, one practical way that, you know, like you can talk to any yeah. kid or an adult, um, the way that I see it is, you know, think about a radio and there's like a certain number of channels on that radio. Okay. So, so some people can only tune into three channels. They can only get three channels and some people can get five channels. Okay. It's just a different processor. That's right. And there's nothing right. There's nothing wrong. That's right. And so if somebody that tunes into five channels and you're talking to someone and you're like, Hey, there's five channels. Did you know that? Mm-hmm. Right. And then the other person's like, no, there's only three. Well, you can't convince that person yeah. that there's five channels. I love that. That's five channels. A really great way of saying it. Yep. Yeah. And so, but the cool thing about this is that everybody's evolving, right? Mm-hmm. So everybody eventually is going to get the five channels, but it can be a little bit, um, people can harbor resentment. If you're just like, no, can't you? I mean, you're, it's like everybody of course wants to have five channels. They want to know there are five channels. If you're telling them there's five channels, they might get a little bit adversarial, right? Right. Because they're like, well, how that sounds yeah. cool, but I can't get the, I can't, I get the five right. channels. I mean, at the end so of the day, there's people who still think the earth is flat. So yeah, and maybe it is. We don't know. <laughs> I guess but so, you know, right? I, I know plenty of people who come from credible sources who actually truly believe that's true. And I think it's fine. I personally, I don't need to know that kind of stuff because I won't know until I leave my body, until I literally can see whether it's flat, whether it's round. But I think that the benefit of the doubt is this. We know we're made of energy. We know there's more to this existence than what our outer five senses afford us. We know that we're multi-sensory beings. We know that we have healing capacities. Up until very recently, we've been going to other people to help us to heal. And we are now evolving to a point where we are gaining back sovereignty. We are Mm -hmm. gaining back the control of our own bodies to expand into our multi-sensory experiences more every day. It's Mm -hmm. a Clumsy, messy, painful process. Growing pains are through the roof and we get to do this together. This conversation is happening across the planet right now in mm-hmm. various forms, right? People are hungry for this because it's the truth. It's so beautiful, Jess. I could, I, I can tell that this is coming through you <laughs> oh, yeah. and I am so, so grateful that you took the time today to speak with me and my audience about this. And for sure, if you're interested in it, I would love to have you back. It is done. I would love Amazing. it. Amazing. Love it. Love it. Love it. I can't wait. Thank you. I've really enjoyed my time with you and so, we'll continue our connection. Absolutely. I can't wait, Gina. All right. I don't know about you guys, but if I were to close my eyes and just listen to her speak, I feel her words and the energy in my heart chakra. And I do that exercise with my husband sometimes. I'm like, just close your eyes and 
tell me where in your body you feel it. We don't always feel it in the same place. But if you do feel it in your heart chakra, like, hey, me too. I just am blown away by that. I, I think it's really fun to do. And you start to tune into your own energy that much more when you play little games with yourself in that manner. Uh, Jess is fantastic. And I'm sure you guys already know that by now, but check her out. I've linked all of her information in the show notes. But before we go, I wanted to just summarize and reiterate some of the comments she made about parenting and bringing kids in in this special, unique time. And she says in this time of ascension, which you all may have your own opinions of what that is, but you cannot deny that we are not just waking up. There's so many people waking up at this time and there's a lot of resistance around it. It's creating a lot of chaos, but there's a lot of good that's coming from it too. But Jess mentions, you know, at this point, we think that we have to protect our kids from this concept of ascension and energy. And so if you are starting to feel it yourself and you you kind of understand these concepts on a bigger level, you can talk with your kids about it. They are equipped more than ever, more than we ever were to understand this stuff and talk about it. And if you notice them resisting you, you know, especially if they're a teen that's in their DNA, they are meant to resist us. Just keep at it because you're planting seeds and one day you may just start to see them melt and trust themselves and trust you in talking about it. And it opens up their own little Pandora's box in their mind in a particular area that they may have kept locked up had you not you know, been talking with them about it. These kids are extremely sensitive. And one thing I love she, that she said is these kids are potentially even more wounded but she says, but the ability of uh, or the depth of someone's wounded is also indicating how much they can alchemize that into expansion, which I find that to be just a very beautiful way of looking at any sort of quote unquote issues or woundedness, right? Whether it's autism or learning disabilities or just unique ways of looking at life. And before we go, I thought I would just share a personal story in regards to what Jess was saying is just talk with your kids about this stuff that might feel more woo-woo or energetic because you never know what they're tuned into or what they feel or what they think. And you could have a really yummy, fun discussion together exploring a concept that you may not have answers to, but it's just this big area where you can just explore. So my daughter, she's turning 10 in December. I've been talking with her about the concept of angels being this omnipresent uh, energy that exists that can help us in times of worry or stress or fear. And I don't really know what she believes. She's been like, I don't know. She's like She'll say that. I don't know if I believe in angels. But over time, she is starting to show more interest and in asking me more questions about my relationship with these energies. And I talk to her about how I use them. And I talk about what it feels like when I feel like I'm connecting into those energies. I always experience this sensation of a blanket being draped on me, just this sense of security, and I'm able to take a deeper breath. And whether or not there's physical angels, right? Like all of those images of angels, I believe are just fabricated by the human mind. But I do believe that there are these energies out there that exist that we can tap into that we have named Michael and Nathaniel and all these other you know names. And when I talk with her about it, now she's starting to say like, well, how can I do that? And 
I love feeling like I'm giving her tools that she can rely on. She can choose to rely on them or not for the rest of her life in moments of despair, pain, worry, fear. And that's how I've used them. And it does kind of realign me and put me on a path of trust again. So yeah, that's just food for thought is you don't always have to have all of the answers. You can just share your experience and in working with energy and what things feel like, and they can join you or not in that conversation. But it's also an opportunity to show them you being vulnerable and just what it looks like to be outside of the everyday practical way of living. All right. I hope you got something out of today's episode. And if you did, share it with a friend who also might enjoy this type of woo-woo and I look forward to talking with you next week. Thank you so much for being here with me today. I hope the School of Higher Consciousness helps fan that flame inside, bringing you closer in alignment to self. If you enjoyed this podcast or got you thinking a little differently, I would love if you reviewed the podcast or shared it with a friend. Any support helps right now as I journey into this newfound platform of podcasting and obviously giving it a five stars. I wish you ease and joy as you move through your day.